Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. All right, welcome back to Menlo Midweek. Jess, you're here. I'm here. Mark, that's you're here. me. I'm here. And we have Dr. Nope. nope. Reverend Dr. Scott Palmbush. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I guess I didn't do that poorly the first time, so I get to come back. <laughs> we had to do a little like uh, debating on should we ask him back? Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of like, well... He's kind of in charge of everything right now, so we should probably say yes. <laughs> He'd be a good guy to talk to. Let, <laughs> yes. Mine as well. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks sure. so much for closing out our Unlikely Whitney series. Yeah. So fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love for everyone listening to go back and listen if they haven't already heard it. But for those that haven't and would like a summary of what we talked about, can you give us that? Yeah, for the for the whole series, um, or let's for do last week. just last week, and then we'll yeah. kind of put a bow on the series at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we're in the series about witnessing and uh, and how do we share our faith and um, this uh, the passage that uh, I was looking at for this Sunday uh, this past weekend was um, the passage where Jesus talks about being salt and light. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the salt of the earth, uh, he says, and we are uh, the light of the world, a city on a hill. Uh, cannot be hidden. And what I thought was intriguing about the passage was uh, that it's really addressed to a community, to a group, uh, when you think about it. We, we tend to think really individualistically, mm-hmm. but you know, one grain of salt isn't really going to make anything salty, right? It's a, there's a bunch of, and, and well, that's uh, good. Yeah. right. And Jesus literally talks about, uh, you know, you're a city on a hill or a town on a hill or a village. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know that that says there's something about not just an individual, you know, holding a, a candle or a light there, right? Um, but there's something about how the community, the town, the village, the city is actually the light, is actually the mm. witness to what God is doing in the world. And I thought that was intriguing because we tend to think so much it's me sharing my witness with someone, but what if it's us sharing our witness? together uh, you know as a community so i thought that was an interesting place to start yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i really like that distinction i think you you broke down that scripture and you talked about how you was actually a plural you and how a better translation would be like you all or you people so when when i heard that it really made me think about that passage that i've heard a hundred times a little bit differently Mm -hmm. so thank you for that yeah i mean even just like what you're saying thinking about if you look up at a hill and it's dark and you see one little light you might be like is that is that someone standing up there holding a light? But if there's 50 people up there holding lights, you're like, oh, there's people up there holding lights. Mm-hmm. And so even just that analogy is like, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes way more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, starting from that place, the, you know, that kind of brings a bunch of questions. You know, what's it mean then to be a witness as a community? What's that look like? And, uh, right. you know, we're really talking in a sense about the church. What, how is the church a light? In the community, how's the church? How do we together as community witness to what God is doing? And mm. um, so there's there's a real power there. And I think in some ways, um, you know, for, there's still a, obviously all of us need to be able to share how God ha- the hope you know the reason for the hope that we have, as Peter says, um, mm-hmm. and and to do that wherever we can and however we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're all together, 
collectively expressing that hope in a, it, there's a powerful way it impacts the world that um, might be unique. So it, help, it it makes us think a little bit about the quality of our community. What are we? What right. what's the light that's coming from our community? Right. What, what are what are people seeing? Are they seeing light? Um, and and so there there's a bit of a call to, hey, let's you know let's think about what we're showing to the world as a community as a church. Um, that that's uh, important. Now you know in that too, it, I think it could be a little bit. Uh, I think it could be helpful to people to not feel that pressure. It's not all on me to, you know, if I don't get the words mm-hmm. right and share my faith in a way that's clear, you know, I'm going that, right. to, that, that there's a sense where, no, we're, we're in this together. Um, and so it can take the pressure off. It can also sometimes for some people be an excuse not to ever kind of mm. be yeah. out there. Right. So, yep. so there's, there's that part that you have to work out, but I think um, then the implication as well is, well, what's that mean for, for our witness? What, what's our role in it besides, you know, uh, being a community that's attractive to people that says, hey, there's light coming from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the role then for us is how do we how do we invite people into that community? Right. Um, and so to me, what that uh, the, 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 the thing to do, the task for the, for the church, for all of us individually, is how are we inviting people in and how are we practicing kind of radical hospitality, mm-hmm. right? How do mm-hmm. we uh, say, hey, you belong here. Um, you belong with us and and that you can come and, and be a part of the community and see what we're about before you even know what it's all about. Um, typically, we want to hit people with, hey, you know, here's who Jesus is. Do you believe in him? And then you can come to church and experience mm-hmm. that, right? Right. And um, I'm indebted. So that kind of gets into another um, uh, part of this that has, has intrigued me for some time. And actually, um, I did uh, kind of the heart of the doctoral work I did to become uh, the Reverend the Doctor, doctor uh, was around kind of this idea of how community um, is, in fact, uh, a, a way to witness to people. And oh, interesting. I'm deeply indebted to uh, author George Hunter, who wrote a book. Um, it's, it's, it's been around for quite a while now, but it's called The Celtic Way of Evangelism. Uh, and it really looks yeah. at how St. Patrick um, ministered to the Irish uh, Celtic peoples mm-hmm. of the time very successfully in a way that was a little different than kind of what we'd consider um, the Roman way or the uh, kind of the typical way that would be done, a more logical way, the way that we in the West are more familiar with, where you have a mm. proposition of truth and you mm-hmm. back it up with different you know, kinds of, of proofs. And then sure. that person, you know, you accept that truth or you reject it. And then based on that, you, um, you know, you do whatever's next, which would be getting to community. Um, so the, the, the Celtic peoples would basically, uh, or the, or the way Pat Patrick went about it was, um, this idea of, uh, the monasteries that, that they would do would be right in the towns and right in the, in the middle of everything, right in the middle of people's lives. Whereas, you know, we typically think of monasteries is up in a hill right. 50 miles away where people can be quiet because, you know, the Desert Fathers were trying to get away from the corrupting mm. uh, forces of the city. Mm. <laughs> they were trying to get away from people so they could have a, kind of a pure faith. Um, but Patrick's like, no, we want to get messy right in the middle and uh, invite people in and see a different way of living. And so the way that they would talk, the way that they would even construct their, um, their monasteries was such that uh, people could come in and experience kind of a different way of living before they even knew much about any theology. 
And so this idea of come and be a part of us, come and experience, belong to us, to our community, before you believe all that we believe, um, became a really powerful uh, thought for me in this. And so, um, you know, nothing wrong with, you know, telling people the truth and all, and all that and, and letting them decide, you know, how credible the claims of Christianity are. It's really important. But I think there's something really powerful about saying, hey, come, come be part of, of our family here. Come check it out. You don't, whether you have questions, whether you believe what we believe right now, come and see. Uh, and then um, learn about what it means. And then it also kind of puts the burden on the community, right? To mm -hmm. do, right? Then the question becomes for us, do we really believe, do we really live out what we say we believe? And uh, so I, I think there's just something lovely about that whole idea. Um, and it turned out for Patrick, um, it was actually incredibly effective. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we're part of the legacy of that in some ways yeah. as uh, Christianity came uh, from Europe to, to the Americas. So anyway, uh, that, that, that was a fun uh, way to uh, just think about how can community, how can we practice belong before you believe? A little different than typical. Yeah. And there's so many, so much in there that I want to parse out. You gave an example, and this is kind of a, a, a little bit of the individual aspect versus the community aspect. And that was the example of people coming over to your home and <laughs> yeah. having to frantically clean and tidy because you wanted to put the best like representation of what the Palm Beach household should look like and does look like all the time. I'm sure. With yes. four kids. With yeah. four kids <laughs> and a dog. Yep. Yeah. Spotless, not a thing out of place. And in my household, I definitely identify as that, which is when we have someone over, even if it's just someone popping by, oh, dishes are getting put away, rugs are getting straightened, vacuums coming out. And so <laughs> I just thought that it was nice that, that you could name that community is more so the authentic community as opposed to the representation of what we think community has mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. It's inviting people into the messy part of our lives. It's, it's the parts that we don't have to hide. And that is the true community that we like to seek out and that we want to seek out here because like you said, that will show what Jesus is doing in us and through us at all times, as opposed to the Hey, this is what you should just like, this is what you're, you're looking at. And this, yeah. So. Yeah, that is so true. And, and I think it gets at, you know, one of the misconceptions about what the Christian life is, right? So, uh, you know, we, and that's why the outside world looking in, you know, is so quick to say hypocrites, right? You, you don't do what you say you believe and Right. And, um, and that's actually really true. I mean, that, that's part of the gospel, right? The, the apostle Paul saying, I, I do what I do not want to do and what I want to do, I don't do. Mm -hmm. um, what a wretched man I am. This is the, the father of, you know, right. evangelism. Uh, and this is, this is the truth. And the truth is, you know, we're all, you know, we're not perfect. That, that is, that is the key. And, and yet, um, we live out of a hope and a, a, um, belief that God, uh, has made up for that, that God has come and saved us. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that changes everything. And so, yeah, for people to see, yeah, I'm kind of a mess, but, uh, God, uh, has made, made me something better. You know, God mm -hmm. has, uh, covered uh the things that i can't cover god has uh saved my life right and mm -hmm. so yeah i i think that's really important and i think that's actually 
much, much more believable for people mm -hmm. than trying to put off an image of everything's great, right? Uh, which it isn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as you were preparing this message, you know, you get 20, I think you went 24 minutes. <laughs> nice. um, was there any like big key, like stories or just big thoughts that you had that you wanted to put in, but just had to cut it because of time? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there, there's a lot to to plumb in this, and I think it would have been fun to get get a little more um, into the idea of what is this? What what would this look like if we did this as a church? You know, what mm, would right. uh, how, what would change? What would be different um, mm -hmm. in the way we thought through kind of how we um, uh, approached our communities? Mm -hmm. What kind of events we do? What kind of programs we have? Um, how we think about how we use our time? Um, there's this idea of, um, uh, the buzzword kind of in, in, you know, it's a little old now, but the idea of missional community, um, and how, how, you know, can our small groups, how can our life groups, uh, how can our, you know, just groups of folks that, uh, follow Jesus together, right. With some of those are formal and informal. How mm -hmm. can we actually work together to, um, be as Jesus says, salt and light in, in the world that we're in. So I think I think there would have been fun to explore that a little bit more um, if we had time. Uh, but yeah, I think those are, you know, it's it's an interesting idea, and um, I, I think also, you know, how do the, the all the concepts we've learned in the series, how do they interact with mm -hmm. this idea as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been really fun for you to draw comparisons or even. I don't know. Yeah, maybe just examples of how our church now is either similar or dissimilar from the Celtic church and seeing where those intersections lie and how us as a church, like we're sitting right here, right in downtown Menlo Park, right off Santa Cruz Avenue. And that is more reflective of that Celtic church versus mm -hmm. the other. So yeah, it's really interesting. And, I, and I'm hoping that maybe now or offline, we could chat more about that because that's really interesting to me. And mm -hmm. it's, it seems like they kind of nailed it back then. And I want to see how we continue to live out that legacy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot, a lot there to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, if we, if we can learn to live that way, um, I think it could open up a lot of avenues for us to witness in, in some ways that we maybe we don't. And I think, I think it can also help us to think more about how we, the quality of our community and how mm. we can uh, make that rich. And it's not that we're perfect or that we have everything cleaned up, but the quality of our community in terms of, are we authentic? Um, mm -hmm. Do we, you know, uh, work toward the good uh, of the world? Do we live by the values mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. proclaim? Yeah. And I think in your sermon, you also said something along the lines of being open um, to hearing honest questions. And that's just a huge value that we try to live out here is, is having a place where people can come and ask things. Yeah. And if we have it all, quote unquote, put together, that doesn't always feel like it's the correct place for that kind of communication. So true. You know, there's so many things uh, about, uh, you know, especially if you've been in the church for a long time. I know a lot of people probably on this podcast have been <laughs> folks that have listened, you know, listened to a lot of sermons, been in church a long time, you start to, um, there's things you don't even question or things that hmm. maybe would be sort of odd or strange to the outside world that we just take for granted. And sometimes when people ask questions, they go, why do you do that? Or what does that mean? Or, right. you, you know, you, you know, you guys do this weird thing. Like what, what, what is that? 
And, you, you know, either maybe there is meaning behind that that we can explain, or maybe it's just, yeah, you know, that's kind of weird. I don't know why we do that. Um, you know, but, uh, it, 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 it's, um, it uncovers, I think when people ask good questions, uh, it kind of gets to the core of what really matters and what, again, is the heart of our faith versus some of these trappings that, you know, aren't helpful. Right. Yeah. I think that goes back to, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before we talked a little bit about how scary it can be to, to witness. And, mm. you know, I think just hearing you is like, there's a part of my evangelical like background that's like, wait, so people are going to come up to me and ask me questions about my faith. Oh, that's terrifying. Like, what if they ask me something I don't know? And we automatically go there. But what we had talked about was just like, that's when you get to just be like, you know, I actually don't know that answer. Let's go figure it out together. Or just if we're living out the way of Christ, we hope that people would ask us just more simple questions of like, you know, why do you live this way? Or, you know, what is it about Jesus that makes you live this way? And questions like that. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, as you were talking, it made me think that. And I think it's just so easy to get so like nervous and wrapped up in what the conversation could look like when in reality, it could easily just be something as simple as, you know, uh, being authentic, like you said, and just putting yourself out there and just living the life of Christ and people see something and they see something different and, and special and hopefully they want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I got out of Scott's message too, is that pressure of the individual can also mm -hmm. disappear when you are together in community. Mm -hmm. And you said like the community can speak for itself. It's not always up to the individual, but if you invite someone into an authentic community, that's really reflective of being salt and light together. That says a lot. And that can say yeah. it all. And, and, and you think about that too, right? I mean, if, if I have to represent by myself the entirety of what it means to be yeah. you know, the kingdom of God. It's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> and it's not even accurate, right? We, we, we understand mm. the community of God as this wonderfully diverse thing, right? Mm -hmm. That includes peop, all peoples and tribes and nations. And so the more diversity, the more people we have, they're saying, yeah, he, you know, I'm totally different than Mark or Jess, but... But guess what? We follow the same Jesus. Right. We right. we still we have we have all experienced in some way the redemptive love of Christ. Even though we're very different. We watch different movies, we maybe you know, and that I think gives you a much bigger picture, better picture mm -hmm. of what the kingdom of God is. And so um, you know, I think that it, it, it's it's more accurate. It's um and I think it does uh not make it all about us having to say, Yeah, it's you know, I'm the whole thing, you know. So. Right. Right. So Scott, we, we so appreciate your message. And like we said earlier, this was the closing message of our Unlikely Witness series. We've been in this series for how many weeks, Jess? Eight? Seven? I think seven. Yep. So seven, seven weeks of learning what it means to be a witness and how to be a witness, but also the importance of it. And so any other closing thoughts about witnessing and being unlikely witnesses in our community? Yeah, I, I think I just want to say, you know, the, um, for some people, this is really natural and it's easy and they think, you know, a lot about how, how can I be sharing what I believe and doing that in a way that, uh, you know, just part of their life. But I think for a lot of us, um, it's easy just to be on autopilot, uh, and to mm -hmm. kind of live more insular, to come to church on Sunday and not really think beyond that a lot. Um, I know that's not, not true, but I, I think we also have to be always challenging ourselves 
to do what Jesus asked us to do, you know, mm. to go and make disciples, to, to the part of the church is to say, we, we can't hold the hope that we have and not share it. Um, and it doesn't need to be, you know, I think we've, we've maybe experienced awkwardness or bad examples, or there's reasons maybe that we're reluctant, but, um, it doesn't, whatever those barriers are, um, we need to find a way to express our faith in the world. Um, and that's all we need to do. We don't need to make anybody believe anything, mm-hmm. but we're called to say, we, we found something powerful here. Mm-hmm. Our lives have been changed and we're, we're, we're called to share that. And so I think the natural, um, energy, uh, uh, is to, you know, lean away from that. And so I think, you know, as we bring this series up, I hope everybody feels a little bit challenged. It's brought that uh, a little more to the forefront to say, okay, I gotta be thinking and just be aware that is there an opportunity, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. constant conversation with God about, okay, uh, I think I mentioned this in sermon, but, you know, people that come across my path, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, you yeah. know, to, to be in prayer with God is like, okay, why is this person in my path? Is there a way that I can give them some hope <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, by just sharing the hope that I have? And, you know, I, I think if we, if we just have that in our mind and heart uh, and are faithful to that, God will, will do what God does. So, yeah. yeah. All, there's lots of good information. I encourage you to to go and listen to those sermons. And uh, but yeah, that's my hope. Yeah, and I I think you you summed it up well by saying kind of the the, the period at the end of the, of the sentence or however <laughs> we want to say it is we can do this together. And we've learned, you know, what does it look like to look like to you know individually accept this calling? What does it look like to live out in our community? Who can we be thinking about? What can we be, you know, talking to them about, inviting them into relationships and how important that is. But also we need to be doing this together as a community and as a church. So Scott, I'm just very appreciative of um, your thoughtfulness and I'm so looking forward to your time as headmaster of Menlo Church (laughs) (laughs) staff. And yeah, just thank you for all that you're doing and and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks guys. It's uh, it's a pleasure and always fun to Oh. oh, so close to the end. <laughs> I hope it caught that. Let's keep ah, it in. Okay. It's great. <laughs> Siri had something to say too, apparently. Yeah, she's but, thanking uh, you as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad to be, uh, you know, uh, serving the church in whatever way I can in this season mm-hmm. and uh, honored to to share the word with uh, with our church family. Cool. Great. Thank you. Thanks, See you Scott. next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Well, before you go, we felt like this is a great opportunity to just promote community. So um, for those of you who don't know, we have five campuses, San Jose, Saratoga, Mountain View, Menlo Park, and San Mateo. And so if you live anywhere in the Bay Area close to one of those campuses, we really want to encourage you to go in there and get involved. There's probably a lot of really fun events happening this summer, great ways to get connected. Also, another way to be a part of community is life groups. So mm-hmm. go to menlo.church slash groups and see if there's one that fits your need. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a great time if you're craving some community or thinking, how do I share my faith in community if I don't have any? <laughs> this is your opportunity to join a life group. Some of them take breaks over the summer, but check it out anyways. And maybe you can join one in the fall. Either way, we really hope that you take some time this summer, this week, whenever in your life to be a part of a great community at Menlo Church. Yeah, and we'd love to invite you to also be part of our online church community as well. So we'd love to see you on our interactive services at 9 and 1030 on Sunday mornings at menlo.online.church. Jess or I will always be there and we'll, we have a chat that's going. 
and Life Prayer available. So we'd love to hear from you. Or that could be a really cool opportunity to invite someone to go to church with you. Maybe they're not comfortable to stepping into a physical building, but if they still want to experience what we have going on here at Menlo Church, we'd love to invite you to do that as well. So maybe we'll see you on Sunday in person. Maybe we'll see you online. Either way, we'd love for you to experience community with us here at Menlo Church.